Hi, Damien. Welcome back. Thanks, Bill. Uh, thanks for having me back. So when we talked last time, uh, you mentioned uh, something that I really want to get into some depth with, which is Sally, because it solves a whole bunch of problems. So why don't you give a little background about uh, why, why you got to caring about this problem and how you got involved and so on. Sure. Uh, so uh, I've been a lawyer since 2002. And, and as a consumer of legal technology, I was uh, surprised and dismayed that all of the vendors that I was using uh, had different taxonomies. They had different ways that they were calling a motion to dismiss for breach of contract in the Southern District of New York. So if you did it on one system, company, you know, vendor A, uh, you, if you moved to vendor B, it would just not work, right? Uh, that's one problem. Uh, and then problem number two is that uh, vendor A doesn't talk to vendor B. Uh, and that's largely because they're using different tags for the, the same thing motion to dismiss should be the same between vendor A and vendor B. Um, so these are two things that really stuck in my craw as a, a consumer. Uh, and it came to the fore as I moved from a legal tech uh, person to a, I'm sorry, from a lawyer to a legal tech person. So as I started working for these companies, that problem became even more acute, where I realized that this needs to be a problem that has to be solved. So right around 2017, I went to Codex, uh, Stanford Codex uh, in Stanford, uh, and uh, and Toby Brown was saying, hey, we're starting a thing called Sally, the standards advancement for the legal industry. Uh, this is going to ensure interoperability between vendor A and vendor B. And the way that we're going to do that is to be able to have standard ways to express areas of law and the services that are under those areas of their law and the industries for whom we do our work and the documents that we do this work. Um, essentially, everything that matters to the law we will standardize those tags, standardize those metadata, uh, so that the data is interoperable between the vendors A, B, through Z. Uh, and now everyone can talk to each other in this interoperable way. So fast forward to uh, 2019, uh, and I was working for Fastcase, uh, which recently got acquired by VLEX. Uh, and so I was talking, I, I sat down at a table, and I said, uh, uh, hey, uh, I'm Damien Real. He said, I'm Toby Brown. I said, oh, I saw you a few years ago uh, talking about Sally. I said, you haven't built out the litigation side. Um, uh, he said, uh, I said, you should do that. He said, do you know anybody that can do that? I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll do that for you. So I started working with him then. Um, and when I joined, there were about 1,200 things that mattered that they counted. Uh, we've expanded that from 1,200 things to, uh, in 2020, we pushed it to 10,000 things that mattered. Um, and we are currently now at almost 13,000 things that matter, 13,000 metadata tags that cover both the substance of law and the business of law. And so this is uh, this uh, is being used by some small companies like Thomson Reuters, like Lexis, like Bloomberg, like iManage, like NetDocuments, and by some lot small law firms like DLA Piper uh, and uh, Gibson Dunn, Perkins Coie, others. So this, this idea is that all of them are going to be interoperable in a way that, uh, that now fulfills my dream so as, a, as a lawyer to be able to say that, uh, that this is something that we, uh, we should be doing. Um, so I'm, I'm sharing my screen now with us, you know, to be able to say that these are some of the small companies that, uh, that are using Sally. Um, and we're solving a problem for each of them. Actually, we're solving two problems for each of them. Uh, problem number one is that the problem that my friend Corey at Thomson Reuters had. Uh, oh, and by the way, I should say that Sally is a nonprofit. I'm a volunteer for that nonprofit. Everything that we uh, get, have is free and open source. That is free as in speech, free as in beer. Um, it is also open source. Uh, so you can download all this stuff in GitHub. So I'm not selling anything. This is all free. So the problem we're solving for Corey 
uh, at Thomson Reuters is Corey's boss said, hey, Corey, we have 30 products. They don't talk to each other. Make them talk to each other. And Corey thought, wow, I'm, to build that, I have to build the taxonomy. Uh, that's really hard, especially since I'm not a lawyer. And then he looked at Sally. He's like, oh, Sally's really good. So Corey is using Sally as a universal translator amongst those 30 products to make them all talk to each other. And then that's an internal problem that we're solving. And then we're also solving an external problem where Corey can say to Gibson Dunn, DLA Piper, Clifford Chance, all of these large law firms, if you want to hit any of these 30 products, send me the Sally tags. And then you could talk to all 30 of those products. That's an external problem that he's solving. So we're solving that internal and external problem for TR and for Lexis and for Bloomberg and for NetDocuments and for iManage and for Intap and Latera and all of these companies here, uh, they all have internal products that don't talk to each other. And they all have external customers that they need to serve. Or on the case of law firms, DLA Piper has lots of these companies here and they don't want to have to map their internal taxonomy to whatever these people map their taxonomy. Wouldn't it be great if we have this universal standard that if DLA Piper maps to Sally, they can then talk to all of these people without having to remap the, map their tags, remap their metadata tags. So it would, it would be great because like, you know, every, every time I've ever gone in and implemented a document management system, practice management system for a law firm, the, taxon the taxonomy is always this uh, huge hurdle. Every firm has their own taxonomy. Yep. And so, so we're solving the problem. Yeah. And, and this, uh, the, you know, you can imagine uh, I as a law firm say I have an area of law. Uh, area of law is intellectual property law and a type of intellectual property law is patent. Cool. Uh, of course, uh, you might say, well, Damien, where is patent litigation versus patent prosecution registration? And that smartly before I joined, uh, Sally decided to switch up uh, the area of law, patent law, with the service that I as a lawyer provide. Should I get a patent? Then I file the patent with the Patent and Trademark Office. Then I license the patent, litigate the patent, deal with patent assets and bankruptcy. Each of those is a service that I as a lawyer do. So you can imagine for those who are fans of ontologies and knowledge graphs, which by the way, this is a knowledge graph, um, you can imagine how that simplifies the knowledge graph. Because if you were to instead have a child of this that says patent litigation is a child, patent prosecution is a child, you'd have to do the same thing for copyright litigation as a child copyright prosecution as a child, uh, trademark litigation as a child. And so it turtles all the way down. Um, so instead, we have a tagging system where tag number one is patent law. And then at, in intake, it starts out as advice, uh, but then pretty quickly says, okay, let's go ahead and file this with the Patent and Trademark Office. So you keep tagging things up as more things happen. Uh, so that tagging versus bucketing is really the strength of, uh, of the Sally. Then once we have patent law, you could imagine, uh, well, my customers don't call it patent law. They're German, or they're Spanish, or they're French, or they're, uh, in, you know, they're using Hebrew, uh, Israeli. Um, the beauty of Sally is that all of the things, no matter how you call it, have this unique identifier right here. And this unique identifier is what's being used by every one of these companies. So everything, every time that one of those companies tags up something using patent law, they're going to slap this unique identifier. And then we're building an API standard to say that you as a firm customer can send me at VLUX Fastcase Document this, this unique identifier in an API call saying, send me all of your patent law things. And when we see this, we'll send you our patent law things. Send that same API call to Thompson Reuters. They'll send you theirs. Send the same API call to Lexus, to Bloomberg, to NetDocuments, iManage, 
all the people in here will have that universal API call uh, that now everyone can talk to each other uh, via API because we're all using the same identifier, even if we did use different words to be able to express those. Um, so that's and, really. And I'm sure power. you're going to you're going to demonstrate this, but the but the beauty of this taxonomy and doing the cross referencing means that you can ask for patent law that's involved in litigation, and it's it's very straightforward given. Uh, uh, given the way that litigation is one tag on its own and patent law That's is right. one tag on its own and so on. That's right. So I, I want litigation. Cool. Uh, so what part of litigation practice do I care about? Do I care about trial practice? Cool. Do I care about pretrial practice? Cool. Discovery? Yes. Uh, I care about depositions. Uh, so we have it all the way down. And so if you think about um, people on who are listening may be familiar with the ABA task codes. Uh, so the ABA task codes are also known as UTBMS. Uh, so as a litigator, I would often be using ABA task codes uh, to be able to do L330, which was the bane of my existence, depositions, right? And ostensibly for pricing, uh, this is to say, how much does a deposition cost? Um, I looked at UTBMS, this L330, and I said, well, this really depends. How much does a deposition cost depends on, am I taking the deposition or am I defending the deposition or am I merely observing the deposition? Those are three different price points. And is it a fact witness or is it an expert witness? Or is it at the CEO of the company, uh, 30B6? Because that's going to affect the cost. L330 doesn't tell you any of those things. But Sally tells you all of those things. Because you can say, am I taking the deposition? Or am I defending the deposition? Or am I merely observing it? Is it a fact witness or an expert witness? Or is it a corporate rep? Each one of these things has their own unique identifier that you can tag this up with much more granularity uh, in a way that you can say, OK, for patent law, show me all the times that we've taken an expert deposition. You can tag these things up and be able to get that structured data back. One of the things that strikes me about this conversation and, and what we were talking about with, with what's happening with, with generative AI previously is that firms' investment in KM is, is suddenly going to, to pay off in whole new ways. Because if, if, you, if you do a great job of coding your data, you're going to be in a vastly better place than, than your peers. That's right, because of the retrieval augmented generation. Uh, you could imagine, ask the LLM out of the box, show me all the times that we took an expert deposition in a patent case, and it's going to hallucinate all over the place, right? But if you tag it up on the front end to say, here's the 50 or 100 documents where we've taken an expert deposition in a patent law case, now you have that structure to be able to give the large language model much more to work with. Uh, so I think you're right that the knowledge management, uh, you know, this is not LLMs or knowledge management. This is a demonstration how they both together can do even stronger than any of them separately. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the beauty of what we're building here is that um, it is uh, it is able to be done programmatically. Uh, that is, you don't need to be able to do much to be able to do what I'm showing on my screen here is that you can tag you can tag up entire matters. Shoplifting is a criminal law area of law and the service you provide is dispute. So tag up all of your matters. Also tag up the matters for the document side in your DMS, saying this is an M&A matter. Uh, say this is a patent litigation matter. But then once you do that, you can also go into the document itself and say, OK, these are some tags. So what NetDocuments has announced by the end of the year, they're going to say to the user, uh, hey, user, we found these 25 Sally tags. Uh, do you want us to tag these things up for you? And you, the user can say, yes, please. Similarly, how many ways in, in time entry, how many ways are there to say deposition or contract or affidavit or statement of undisputed facts? Not many, and we've covered all those here. 
So you can imagine going through all your time entries and say, what did, what's the work we did? How long does it take these things? Um, and you know, doing this from a technical standpoint is trivial. Uh, that is, we have uh, 13,000 things that matter, uh, and we have it all in GitHub. So if you, um, so you want to go to negligent misrepresentation, uh, if I say something false about Bill, uh, which is probably going to happen by the end of this call, he can sue me for negligent misrepresentation. Um, you can imagine three lawyers arguing over whether that is a lawyer number one is saying that's a negligence claim, and they'd be right. And then lawyer number two would say, well, it kind of is, but it's also a misrepresentation claim, and they, they would be right. Uh, lawyer three would say it's kind of both those things, but Damien is saying something false about Bill, so that false statement is a defamation claim, and they'd be right. So how do you settle the argument between lawyers one and lawyer two and lawyer three? And the answer is you don't, because it is a negligence claim. It is also a misrepresentation claim. It is also a defamation claim. And I went through hundreds of jury instructions throughout the country, and some jurisdictions call it negligent misrepresentation causing harm. That is a synonym. All of those have this unique identifier here. And then, uh, because it's on GitHub, you could be able to programmatically take all this and be able to say, wow, look at this LMSS OWL file. Uh, that LMSS OWL file is exactly what I'm showing you right here. Uh, so this LMSS OWL file, if I want to search for negligent misrepresentation, and misrepresentation, here is the XML class for negligent misrepresentation. As I make this a bit bigger, uh, you can see that it is a negligence it is a type of negligence claim. It is also a type of. It is also a type of misrepresentation claim. It is also a type of defamation claim. And another name for negligent misrepresentation is negligent misrepresentation causing harm. All of them have this unique identifier here. So for the technical people on this call, you just take this XML class and the entire XML class for all 190,000 rows of this uh, here, and you can ingest it. And when my friend Jason Barnwell at Microsoft said, because it's on GitHub, I could just be able to go to this permalink blob here. And every time we update it, like we just did uh, last week, um, you get the most recent updated version of this. So for example, Mike Bomarito, who helped beat the bar exam, uh, took and translated to UK English, to Spanish, to Mexican Spanish, to Israeli, uh, to, to Hebrew, I guess, uh, to Hindi, uh, Indian Hindi. Uh, so we have now translations. So every time we kind of enrich the data set in this way, you can just you know go and pull it down and be able to just merge it into your tech stack. Um, so the only way that this works is if it's free and open source. And that's why all of these companies here are working here. You can imagine if any one of these companies tried to do a proprietary version of what we're just doing, it would never happen. But because it's free and open source on GitHub, uh, this is the reason that we're getting such traction. No, we need we need everybody to use it. I, I really love the the app that's that's on the Sally website that demonstrates how you can take your taxonomy and translate it to Sally, and yes. and therefore make a an easier transition. Yes, uh, and to I'm going to show you how to do it manually, and then I'm going to show you how the app makes it done uh, a little bit better. Uh, so what Intap did, Intap is a you know partner and user of Sally. They went through a bunch of websites like DLA, Hogan Hartson, Jones Day, uh, etc. They said, what are they calling their areas of law? Uh, and so this, you could imagine being a list. You, you work for a law firm, you have an area of law list. So uh, one of the areas of law that a law firm says is appeals to the PTAB. That, I'm sad to say, is not an area of law. Uh, the PTAB is the patent trademark and appeal or patent trial and appeal board. So the area of law is patent um, because it is appeals to the PTAB. The service you provide is the appellate practice. 
And the PTAB is not an area of the law. The PTAB is a forum where you argue things. Um, and so once people, technology people within a law firm look at this, they say, oh, this makes way more sense. You know, I can have a Frankenstein kind of area in law here, or I could break it up into its component parts. Now I can run analytics on show me all the patent things, or show me all the appellate things, or show me all the patent appeals, or show me all the patent appeals in the PTAB, right? I can run all sorts of more analytics than this Frankenstein thing just doesn't let me do. So the tricky part in the past, though, has been it's taken a long time to be able to break these things down. And so this took me like an afternoon to be able to do a few hundred of these things. Uh, but the tool that Bill mentioned uh, is making that job much, much easier, uh, where you could be able to use large language models to be able to do what I'm showing you on my screen here, to be able to say, OK, here is an area of law list from a law firm that I'm not going to name, because this area of law list is frankly embarrassing. Um, garnishment is not an area of law. Garnishment is just an, a remedy that you try to do. You garnish people's wages. Gas pipeline is not an area of law. Gas pipeline is just something that lives in the world. So you can take a garbage ontology like this and be able to say, here's Sally's area of law set listed here. Then you could be able to say, give me four potential tags, four candidates uh, in a bunch of columns in the order of highest probability to lowest probability. And look what happens. It takes your garbage ontology uh, and it translates it to be able to say, you know, that thing that you call garnishment, um, the area of law actually looks a lot like labor and employment law or wage and hour law. Uh, the thing you call gas pipeline, that looks a lot like energy law or oil and gas law. Um, so it takes, uh, conceptually, it maps your, uh, your garbage ontology to Sally's ontology that then is be able to be interoperable with all of these here. Um, we do that, uh, this is doing it just with area of law, but the tool, actually, you can see here, we can be, be able to say garnishment. And it goes not only for the area of law, which is employment law, but it also goes down to Sally already has a thing that's called garnishment. It's an objective. Then you could go on to your next thing as you map it. You could be able to say, okay, patent infringement. Uh, patent infringement is a thing that I call an area of law. The area of law is patent law. Uh, and then patent infringement is actually a claim. So it's an objective. And you can see here, it actually collects all the things we just did. Garnishment is an employment law. Uh, garnishment objective is garnishment. Patent infringement area of law is patent law. Patent infringement objective is patent infringement. You could take all that and put it into a CSV file. So now I'm downloading the CSV that I just created, opening it up, and you can see here that I have garnishment is an area of law. Here's the beautiful IRI for each of those things. Here's the Sally label. Say garnishment relates to employment law and garnishment relates to garnishment, et cetera. So now this is a way that you could be able to essentially create things. And by the way, we also show uh, definitions uh, to the extent we have definitions. And we also show where we got this. Uh, it went from garnishment to area of, uh, to employment law by using the large language model. Uh, for patent infringement, there's actually literally a thing called patent infringement. So we just went with the label match. We didn't even need to go to the LLM. So this is all a way to do very quickly what it used to take a long time to do this kind of mapping. Um, now it takes a few seconds. Uh, and it doesn't require the kind of knowledge that I have of all 13,000 things. Uh, you could just use the the tool and uh, and just be able to do it much faster. Yeah, there's this feeling that uh, you know maybe LLMs are going to save us from having to go in and 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 fix our data, and uh, and actually, ironically, the better your data is, the better your LLM is going to be. But you can also use that technology to help push your data in the right direction, right? It becomes a very virtuous circle. That's right. That's right. And the way that this tool works that I just showed you is uh, taking your text, uh, doing a fuzzy match on it, 
and then doing a jacquard similarity and then putting it out and putting it using the tag. Uh, you can do that using OpenAI or Bard or Dolly or T5 or whatever thing you want to do. Um, but to the virtual circle of cleaning things up, you could imagine uh, version two, which we're building, and we had VLEX our building. You can imagine saying, why don't we go ahead and uh, prompt all the areas of law that is saying, here is a, a bunch of text. Here's input text. Large language model, why don't you give me the areas of law and legal concepts and companies and industries? And so then you can imagine annotating it, like you see here, uh, being able to say, you know, here's a uh, draft looks like a task. Motion to dismiss looks like a document. Trademark looks like an area of law. And then be able to take that output and be able to say, okay, now for everything that uh, that the large language model thought is a task, run that across the Sally tasks. And it turns out that draft is a, a task within Sally and then be able to map it up that way. Um, so you can imagine having HTML-like or XML-like spans for your entire data set, for all of your documents. Um, and doing it from a bottom-up way is probably a pretty smart way to be able to tag up your data uh, without having to have a lawyer take up their valuable time trying to tag up drafting, motion dismiss, et cetera. So if I were a general counsel, I, I would want every firm I work with to, to use Sally so that I could ingest that work across multiple firms. Any, uh, what, what, what do you see happening there? Any, any early success stories? That's, that's exactly right. Uh, Jason Barnwell, my friend from Microsoft, says he's doing very, just that. So he's using Sally to be able to take his internal business people's questions. So I, as a business person, ask a question of the legal department. He is ingesting that and being able to tag it up using the Sally tags. Um, and then maybe the machine that he's building can answer that question directly without a human. Uh, but if not, it gets escalated to a human uh, internally. Uh, and then if that hu internal human can't do it, he kicks it out to a law firm. And so he's saying, hey, just like I'm tagging things up on my side, you as a law firm should also tag up the same Sally tags on your side so that when you give me the answer, now I could be able to say, okay, here's the answer for this area of law in this jurisdiction for this industry. And now I'm able to be able to, uh, Jason is able to enrich his internal data set based on that external tagging that the law firm has done. So <laughs> this is uh, not just a way that you as a law firm can be able to reach out to your vendors like Thompson Reuters, like Lexus, like VLEX, but also to reach out to your clients to say that, hey, we are forward looking because we know you need to tag up the data internally at your corporation too. We're gonna help you with that. Yeah, and then you just think about the the additional benefits that come from this in terms of of pricing, marketing, you know, going to your experience database and having it actually built on actual experience. That's right. That's right. All, and all of the tasks that are in the experience database, who's drafted a motion to dismiss for breach of contract in the Southern District of New York in front of Judge Smith, each of those is a Sally tag. Who's drafted a merger agreement with a force majeure clause regarding Indonesia, each of those is a Sally tag. So really every single noun, each of the things I just mentioned is noun, and then every single verb, drafted, reviewed, filed, each of those is similarly a Sally tag. So really every piece of work in the legal sphere, whether it's in-house or in the law firm, is, uh, is covered by Sally. Yeah, so the, the, the end result of getting the entire industry to, to use one, one taxonomy would be absolutely incredible. I, it's uh, it's been my dream, and you know, if you told me I, I showed you that uh, that list of uh, or I showed you the list of uh, vendors, so that is the logos. If you told me five years ago that we would have that kind of logo adoption uh, by today, I would told you you're crazy. There's no way we could get all of those people to agree to things. The only way we're able to get them to agree is because it's free, 
it's open source, but most importantly, it solves a ton of their problems. Uh, and it's, it does that in a very smart way. Uh, that that's the reason we're getting the wildfire adoption we are. Yeah, you, you, the pain point's very real, and every firm that's trying to create integration between their systems, every firm that's trying to create a data lake, every like every every single one of these problems is made easier if you have uh, a taxonomy that everybody's using for the same purpose. That's right. And if if you are in a law firm or in an organization, you have two choices. Uh, choice number one is to build your own ontology. That's not Sally, right? Number one, that's really hard. Uh, also, uh, you're probably going to get it wrong. Um, and number three, it doesn't talk to anybody else, right? So that's option one. Um, option two is to use Sally. It's easy. It's really good. And it talks to everybody. So between option one, really hard and doesn't talk to anybody, that's like a telephone that only one telephone in the world. Why would you buy a telephone that doesn't talk to anybody else? Why not buy the interoperable telephone that talks to everybody in the world? That interoperable telephone is Sally. Yeah, and I'm impressed in operating in a market that's full of so many uh, uh, unique individuals and firms that that have built value around uh, the that unique collection of individuals, and yet the the leverage that would come from from this is is still tremendous. So I uh, commend you on the progress that's been made, and we all need to go out and be part of the effort to uh, get full adoption. Great. Agreed. Adopt it yourself and force, uh, not force, but uh, demand that your vendors also adopt it. Uh, and uh, that's uh, because it's one thing for me to speak to a large vendor and say, hey, you need to get on board. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know, but I have a, I have a roadmap that's 10 miles long. Um, so it's one thing for me as Sally to do that. Another for you as a customer of that vendor to say, hey, I'm paying you money. I need you to be on Sally because we're on Sally. If they get enough of those requests, then they'll jump on the Sally bandwagon and then life will be better for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Damien. Lots, lots of good stuff. Hey, thanks so much, Bill. Really appreciate you having me on.